Good morning, good morning, good morning. So glad to see you guys here this morning, man. When I'm excited about the word today, we are in week 10. 10 weeks, y'all. We've been in 10 weeks of wisdom, and it's been really, really good. This is our series, Blueprints, week 10 of uh, Blueprints, and I'm so excited about that today. And uh, man, we're going to get started in a moment, but let's just open up in a word of prayer. Amen? Amen. Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're with us in this room right now, that you speak clearly to our hearts. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you would give me an unction and a boldness to preach your word with boldness and with clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And just a reminder, all the notes for this, uh, the sermon are on our app. You can download our app if you have an iPhone or Android. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download it. You'll be able to follow along with the apps. And then also we have a podcast as well. So if you have Spotify or you download the app, you can go back throughout the week and you can listen to all the messages. We have all the messages there on podcast as well for you. And we're going to get into it. Amen. Amen. So if you're taking notes, uh, write this down. If you're following on the app, you can see the title of the message today. But today we're talking about building for eternity. Building for eternity. So today's focus, obviously, is we're talking about eternity. And this weekend, we're going to talk about the reality of eternity. Eternity is a reality, y'all. And I know that is one thing that we don't really like to think about. We really don't like to think about things that we sometimes don't fully understand or we can't fully grasp. But there is a reality that there is a place that we would spend eternity. It's two places, either heaven or hell. And I know this is not a good subject everybody wants to shout down and run around the building on, but it is reality that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And how could we talk about wisdom without talking about the most important thing in our lives, which is eternity? Eternity is the most, most important thing in your life because for all of eternity, when we pass this earth, that's where you will spend. It's either two places. It's one or the other. It's no in-between. There's no purgatory. There's no, well, like on the movie, Lost, the TV show Lost, where that was crazy. They went in purgatory, whatever they did. It's like, it's none of that. It's either two places. It's heaven or hell. And it is a reality. And for the longest, it took me a while to come to grasp with the fact that where did God come from? Did y'all ever think about that before? So who, who created God? Where did God come from? But the truth is, is that God lives in eternity and he lives outside of time. So in the beginning, God was already created. He was already there. He lives outside of time. He lives in eternity. And that would, it would always baffle me. It's like, well, how did, how did God know when to start? What, what, when did he decide it was a good day to say, you know what, I'm going to create the heavens and the earth today? And it's questions like that that you get to thinking about that and you can psych yourself out like, man, I don't, eternity is too big for me to grasp. And you can kind of confuse yourself or you can depress yourself thinking, well, I can't figure it out, so I'm not even going to think about eternity. Eternity is not even real because I can't even, it doesn't even make sense in my mind. Well, it doesn't need to make sense. You just have to have faith to believe it. Because the truth of the matter is, there is a God, there is a heaven, and there is a hell. There's two places. And some people feel like this, that they feel like, oh, well, if I go to hell, it's okay, because there's going to be a big party where all the cool people are going to be there. We're just going to be partying for all of eternity. I'm sad to tell you that that is not the case. 
That is the worst thing that I've ever heard in my life when people say that. I'm like, I feel sorry for your soul. And I know some people try to make jokes about it. It was like, well, all my friends are going to be there. Well, the truth is, you're not going to be able to see anybody in hell. The only thing that you'll be able to do is hear the torments of people being tormented for all of eternity. The word says in Isaiah, he says, hell is a place where the worm never dies and the fire that burns up, it never goes out. What does that mean? That means it's a place of torment. For all of eternity, you will be separated from God. I can't even fathom that, I would, that someone could be separated from God for all eternity. What does that mean? That means you can't feel God's presence. That means you can't call out to him. See, right now, it, eternity and, and hell doesn't even seem real to you because any moment you could call out to God and you could feel his presence. So for you, you feel like, well, it can be real because I could call out on God anytime. But when we die and if you go to hell and you don't make that decision to follow Christ, guess what? You will no longer feel God's presence. I can't even imagine what that would feel like to not be able to feel God's presence and not be able to call out to him. Think about that. For all of eternity, you will not be able to call out to God. You won't even, he can't even get to you. Even if you called out to him, he wouldn't answer you. Why? Because you made a decision to go the other way, to not live for him. But oh, hallelujah, don't you know that there's good news? Now, I'm not going to keep you down here and you're like, oh, this is heavy. I'm not gonna, we're not going to stay down here, but I just have to let you know that the hell is a reality, but there also is a heaven. And Lord, thank you that there is a heaven, that all of eternity we will be able to rejoice. You know, we'll be able to worship and praise God for all of eternity and not get tired. You know, we play one fast song here, and then we like, whoo, let me catch my breath. I'm, I'm a little tired. But for all of eternity, man, we'll be able to sing and dance and praise and twirl and jump and shout and do all those things and never get tired. And guess what? You will always have continual peace for all of eternity. For eternity is a place full of joy. It's going to be joy everlasting. It's going to be joy forevermore. For all of eternity, you're going to be in a, uh, in a, a continual place of joy and peace. That doesn't sound like earth. Because that comes and goes. But in heaven, you'll be able to sing, your, sing our praises to the king forever. Forever, for all of eternity, we'll be able to feel his presence. We'll be able to get fresh revelations of who he is. Why? Because we'll be ruling, ruling and reigning with Christ. We'll be able to eat crawfish every day and not have to worry about all the sodium. It's going to be a great day when we get to heaven, y'all, and we can rejoice and sing, kids, and sing our praises to the king. Amen. You know, some people feel like a work day is an eternity. Ooh, I've been at this job all day. This seems like it's been forever. Or if you ever had to babysit some wild kids, that can feel like an eternity. Or if you get in trouble at school and you know that your parents, are, the teachers are calling your parents and the whole day you're thinking about, man, when I get home, I know the teacher talked to my dad. That could feel like an eternity. Or if you get in trouble and you're in the car ride home and you know, just wait till we get home and it's going to be trouble. Boy, that could feel like an eternity. But on the flip side of that, when you're having fun, time seems like it goes by fast. You know, we could go on vacation for a week and you're like, man, I feel like I just got here. Now it's time to go. When you're having fun, Time goes by fast, and when you're bored, it, takes, it feels like it's taking forever. That's just how time is. But eternity, there is no time. 
Eternity is forever. Well, how long is forever? It's ever. You can live a billion years and still not even touch eternity. See, your mind can't even fathom that. Doesn't even make sense. Like, well, that doesn't, that's how big eternity is. But eternity with God is going to be amazing. We're going to be in his presence forever, y'all. Forever and ever, we will sing God's praises in heaven. And in Luke, there is a story of a rich man. And the rich man gives us a great warning of how not to live our lives here on earth. And he also gives us a great warning about eternity. It's a rich man, and we're going to read about him in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Verse 16, it says, Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all of the wheat and other goods. Verse 19, and I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now come take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. Say, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? You, yes, you person, yes, a person is a fool to store up the earthly, to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. That is a great warning of a rich man. And you say, well, how does this relate to me? What this man represents is this. He lived his life to build up earthly wealth on earth. What he cared about was building his earthly wealth and gaining possessions. He even said it himself. He had so much, he said, I'm going to tear everything I down, and I'm going to build bigger barns to hold everything that I have because I got to get more stuff. So I don't have enough room to hold all my stuff, so I got to build some bigger barns, and then I'll have room for all my stuff. Doesn't that sound like America? Doesn't that sound like Americans? Man, I need some storage units because I I can't hold all my stuff. I got so much clothes. I got so much furniture. I got so much whatever. I got to get some storage units because I got to get some, I can need a bigger house because I don't have, my house is too cluttered. I need a bigger car because my car is not big enough to hold all my stuff. And we could get so locked in on our comforts on this earth that we say, you know what? I need more and more. I need bigger and better. And that's what he did. He focused solely on building earth, I mean wealth on earth. He did not think once about eternity because he was rich and he he took comfort in his own possessions. He is a good warning for us to say, don't live your life here on earth trying to build up earthly possessions. Because why in the world would we want to focus on, let me, I want to live in my comfort. That's what he wanted. He wanted comfort. He wanted more things, more possessions, more things that he can lord and bring his friends over. Hey, y'all come look at my barns. Y'all thought I had big barns before. Come look at this barn. Y'all thought I had a nice house before. Come look at this house. Now I'm living on the lake. And I have a swimming pool with an infinity edge. And not only that, but I just traded in my car. Now I'm in a a G-Wag now. Now I was in a Silverado, but now I'm in a G-Wag. And what is this? It's building more and more. I got to have more stuff. I got to get bigger and better. He lived his life for eternity, but God came to say, you fool. Why are you wasting your time? 
trying to build more and more here on earth when there's a whole eternity that you're not even thinking about. We could get so caught up in our own comforts and getting more and more for ourselves that we forget about eternity, that we stop building for eternity. Why in the world would I focus on my comfort and buying more stuff that I know eventually is going to get thrown away? Even if you pass away, you know what's going to happen to your stuff? It's going to get thrown away. It's in the dump somewhere. Right now, people that all, this, all their clothes, all their possessions is in the dump. Why? Because over time, nobody cares about that stuff. It gets thrown away. But, oh, we got to work for it. Oh, I got to make some money so I can get some more stuff. Oh, they got this new thing coming out. I just got to get it. And we can waste our time building our lives for earth, earthly things. But God is saying, you fool, wake up and look for eternity. You, the, the night is going to pass, and you're gonna, all you're going to show for it is the things that you have in your hand. But when you stand before me, you can't bring any of this stuff with you. But, oh, how we get stressed out and depressed because we don't have more stuff. The rich man is a great warning, y'all. Don't build your life for things of this earth. Think about eternity. Eternity is the most important thing that you will ever live for. And today we're going to discuss five ways on how to build for eternity. Because you can either build now or you can build for eternity. The rich man, he built for now. He didn't rich build for eternity. But today I'm going to help you. There are going to be five things on how to build for eternity. Amen. The first way that you build for eternity is this. Write this down. Number one is obedience. It's obedience. God has a purpose for each of us, and we will be held accountable for what he has called us to do. God has a calling for all of us, and no one is exempt. Everyone under the sound of my voice, you have a calling that God has called you to do. We have a responsibility. There's an assignment that God has given all of us, and it's our responsibility to fulfill the assignment that God has for you. But the truth is about God is whether or not that you fulfill the assignment that he gives you or not, his assignment will still be fulfilled. Because if you're not obedient to it, he's just given it to someone else, and they'll be obedient to it as well. But guess what? You're still going to be held accountable for it. Obedience. How do we build for eternity? We are obedient to what God speaks to us. We are obedient to the assignments that God gives for us. Have you ever, like, been in a situation before where someone told you something and you heard them, but you didn't listen to them? Like, you heard clearly what they said, but you didn't listen to them. And then you didn't listen to them, and then you messed it up, but then you tried to do all these nice gestures. You tried to do all these nice things to make it up to the person that you didn't listen to. But in the end, the person's like, I don't care about all this stuff. I don't care about all these sacrifices that you've done. I just want you to listen to me. We see that in movies sometimes. There's a movie called Love and Basketball. The, the father, he was doing all this stuff, and his wife, he said, I'll make sure that I keep you in Gucci and gold. And then she threw the Gucci and gold at him because that's what she didn't want. She wanted his time. She didn't care about all the gifts and stuff like that. She just wanted his time. That's like God. God saying, I don't care about your sacrifice. I want you to be obedient to me. I need you to be obedient to my voice. I don't care. God, but I've been going to church and I've been reading. My, that's great. But did you do what I told you, told you to do? Have you been obedient to my voice? And isn't it amazing that we could try to say, God, I've been doing everything right. But things just seem like it's not going my way. God, I've been doing everything I know how to do. I've been in my word. God, I've been going to prayer. God, I've been praying. I've been doing all these, but nothing is going my way. Yes, but have you been obedient to what I assigned you to do? Because that's what God cares about. 
He cares about your obedience, not your sacrifice. But we get it flipped. We say, well, if I do this, God's going to be pleased with me because I'm sacrificing for him. But he says, no, I care about your obedience. What about that assignment that I gave you? We prepare for eternity with our obedience. John chapter 9, verse 4, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. Man, you talk about a sobering scripture. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. There's only a short period of time that we have to fulfill our assignment here on earth. Then there will be a day where there's no work that could be done. And in that moment, in the blink of an eye, we'll be eternity, in eternity, stand before God to give an account for the assignments that he's called us to do. There's no more work then. We can't say, God, I just needed a little bit more time. You know, I've been trying to get some things together in my life. I've been trying to get some things in order. Then I was going to do everything you called me to do. He says, no, no, I called you to do it. You start working on that, then I'll get everything else in order. Just be obedient to what I called you to do. And everything that I do, I have to ask myself this. Am I being obedient to what God has spoken? So in my job, in my occupation, is my occupation a big plan of what God has for me? So what does that mean? That means that even in my job, I'm using my job as a resource to say that I'm using this to carry out the assignment to tell others about Christ. That I'm using my job as a place where I'm thinking about eternity. I'm thinking about my coworkers. I'm thinking about the finances that I make. How can I make an impact that will affect eternity and not just my earthly life? Because we will say my job is just for me to make money to buy more stuff. But God says, I give you that job. Yes, you need money to support yourself, but also I'm giving you this as an outlet to build for eternity as well. You know, Aquila and Priscilla, they were tent makers. They were tent makers by trade, but they they were used powerfully and mightily by God in their profession. It doesn't matter what you do for a profession or for a living. Use it for the glory of God. Use it to build eternity. Amen. In your ministry, be strategic in your ministry. We're going to start opening up life groups. That is a great way to build for eternity. Start inviting people to your homes and say, hey, come to a Bible study that we're going to have because we're going to talk about the things of God. What is that? That's building for eternity. That's being strategic about eternity. So everything that we do, we have to say it's not about me, but it's building for eternity. And what does it start? It starts with my obedience and the assignment that God has given me. Amen? Amen. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. No act of obedience will ever be wasted. No act of obedience will ever be wasted. So you say, what is the assignment? The assignment is to preach the good news, that scripture we just read. Nothing that you do in vain. Your life, Paul said that my life is worth nothing to me unless I finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good model to live by. That's a good verse to live by right there. My life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the assignment assigned to me by Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So a question to ask yourself, am I hitting the target of God's purpose for my life? That's what you can write down. You can answer that quietly to yourself. You can write it down and think about it later. Am I hitting the target for God's purpose for my life. That's the first thing, is obedience. How do we build for eternity? We're obedient to the assignment God gave us. Second thing, how do we build for eternity? Number two is by faith. Faith is for now, and when we get to heaven, we won't need faith. 
We believe in an unseen God, and it takes faith to believe. Like I mentioned it before, well, where does God come from? I don't know, but it takes faith to believe that. So we need faith for here on earth, because when you get to eternity, you don't need faith because you're already there. <laughs> you don't need faith then. We need faith for now. And faith, the, the word says that it's impossible to please God without faith. So to me, if it's impossible to please God without faith, I need to ask God, I need more faith. God, I need more faith. And how do I get more faith? That means that I have to step out and trust God. That means I have to step out and maybe something's going to get uncomfortable, but I have to step out and trust God in, in the event. You know, when Tamara and I stepped out of our our, of, of Baton Rouge to come to Mobile, that was some faith that, that, was said that, that it took us to step out and come here. That takes extreme faith to say, well, God, we have everything we need here in Baton Rouge. Why in the world would I want to go to Mobile and risk? I, we don't know how it's going to go. But how, but how will my faith grow if I don't step out? I have to step out in faith. And stepping out in faith does not necessarily mean that, that you do things that you want to do, and then say, God, I'm just going to trust that you're going to make it work out. I'm going to have faith. That's not faith. That's not faith at all. Faith is stepping out in things that God has called you to do or that you believe in God has put in your heart. And you say, when I step out in these things, then I'll trust God that you'll do everything that you can to see it come through. So if God has said, you know what, I, if you have a, a desire to see people um, one to the Lord, then your faith goal or faith in this case will be, Lord, whenever I go to the store or whenever I go somewhere, I'm going to have faith to believe that you're going to give me conversations where I can talk to people that need to hear about you. And we begin to look for areas that we can step out in faith and say, God, stretch my faith. You know, sometimes our circumstances don't match what we believe. Our circumstances sometimes don't match what we believe. It's like, I believe that God is a provider, but my bank account sometimes don't look like that. But guess what? Just because my bank account don't look like that don't mean that I don't have faith to believe that God can increase it. But that's when I need faith to say, God, I've done everything that I know how to do. Now I need you to step in. And this is where faith comes in. Not with me just doing reckless stuff, but it's like, God, I've been a great steward with everything that you've given me. I've tithed. I've budgeted. I've done everything that I can. Now what? I trust you. You know, since tomorrow and I have been in Mobile, God has blessed us in so many different ways financially, and we actually make less than we did back then. But somehow or another, we never missed a beat. Why is that? Because we're faithful. We, we trust God and say, God, we're stepping out in faith, and we know that you're going to provide for us. And guess what he's done? He's done it. He's done exactly that. And when you step out in faith, it's scary, y'all. That's the thing. Nobody likes to really step out in faith because it's scary, because it means you have no control. We like our control. Oh, we like our control. We like to dictate what we do and when we do it. But with God, it doesn't work like that. He says, this is what I want you to do, and I need you to step out. And you say, oh, God, that's scary. I don't know how to do that. Well, it doesn't matter. You just need to have faith and trust me. And if your faith is not being stretched, that means you're not growing. If you're frustrated in your relationship with God, I, it could boil down to a few things, but one of those things would be this. Your faith is not growing. You're not being stretched. Because the more that your faith is being stretched, the more you realize, God, I need you. And you'll begin to cry out to him, and your relationship with him will be better than you ever imagined it could be. Because you're like, God, I need you. Because <laughs> I know I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know I trust you. What is that? That's faith. We need faith for now. 
We need faith to build for eternity. We don't need faith when we get to eternity. We need it now. And when I live my life of faith and I say, God, you told me to go witness to that person and, and talk to him about you. So guess what? I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to do it. You told me to go out and serve that person. So I'm going to go out and step out in faith and I'm going to serve him. What is that? I'm building for eternity. So we need faith to step out and build for eternity. Because if you don't have faith, you're not going to build for eternity because you're not even thinking about it. You're just thinking about yourself. Hebrews chapter 11 is filled. It's, the, it's called the, the chapter of faith or the book of faith. It goes all down. It talks about all the heroes of faith. When I think about Abraham, Abraham is the it says Abraham was made righteous with God because of his faith. He died believing the promises of God and he didn't even see it all fulfilled. God told him to look up in the stars and count them if you can. That's how many descendants that you have. Now, there's no way on earth he could count all the stars, and there's no way he could see all the descendants. But Abraham died believing that God's promises were true, and because of his faith, he was the father of faith, and he was made righteous with God because of his faith. We have to have faith, y'all. It takes faith to walk with the Lord. And if you don't strengthen your faith, the enemy is going to take you out. He's going to bring situations and circumstances that's going to cause you to fear and doubt and not trust God. And you say, well, I was doing better when I was doing it myself. I was doing it better when I didn't have faith in God. I started trying to get stuff and all this seemed like now it's getting worse. Yeah, because now the devil's trying to get you. He's trying to shake your faith. That's why you need more of it. <laughs> we need more faith. God is stretching us and calling us to more faith. Did you know that no act of faith is ever wasted? Anytime you go out and step out on faith with God, it's never wasted. So the question again is, what are you currently walking through now that's stretching your faith? And I'm not talking about self-inflicted stuff. I'm talking about true stuff that God has put in your heart that's causing you to stretch your faith. The only way to grow in the faith is continually put yourself in positions to step out and to trust God. You know, with this church, we trust God. I trust God completely. I'm never, I, this, is the, this is the truth. I am never stressed out about this church, ever. You can ask tomorrow, I'm, well, well, doesn't stuff bother you? Well, yeah, it bothers me, but I'm not stressed out about it. Why? Because I trust God. Either God called me or not. And if he did, then I trust him. And I have faith to believe. So why in the world would I stress if I know God called me to something? But some people look at their circumstances and they get freaked out and like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. No, you need to trust God. You need to have faith. So I, do, I want to hear it to be a common voice this morning to tell you, trust God. Have faith. Don't stress out. All that does is add, take years away from your life. You'll get to eternity faster. Trust God. Just It's easy to trust God. 2 Timothy verse 4 through 7, it says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Keep the faith, y'all. Question to ask yourself. Am I believing everything God has spoken? Am I believing everything God has spoken? Because God can speak some things that in your current situation, you say, I don't see how it's going to happen. But it doesn't matter. Will you believe it? You need faith. So the second way we build for eternity is faith. First thing is obedience. Second thing is faith. Third thing, how do we build for eternity? Third thing is this. Write this down. is love. We build with love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Prophecy and speaking in, in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Love will last forever. Heaven is an atmosphere of love. 
What's the atmosphere of love? Heaven is love. There's love everywhere. Why? Because God gave his son out of love. So the atmosphere of heaven is going to be love. Are you willing to are you willing to live your life with love? Because love will last forever. You know, you could get on social media and realize real quick people don't live in love. They live in discourse. They live in hatred. They live in animosity. They live in jealousy. But what we it should be different. We should be known by that we're believers and followers of Christ because of our love for one another. It's love, y'all. We need love to build for eternity. Uh, it's love. When, when you speak to someone and you ever had an encounter with someone that you didn't even know them, but you just knew by speaking to them, they must be a Christian. Usually when you have those encounters, it's because it's the love inside of them that you feel. We should be known by our love, our love for one another. Jesus came to earth not only not to serve, not to, I'm sorry, not to be served, but to serve others. Serving just shows that you have love inside of your heart because you will never willingly serve someone if you don't have love in your heart because you'll only be thinking about yourself. You always think, well, they should be serving me. Don't they know all that I do for them? They should be the one. I should be the one getting cooked dinners. And I should, because I, you know how hard I work? Did Jesus come and say those things? Did he say, did you know I'm about to lay down my life for you? I need you to come serve me. I need you, come wash my feet. Come wash my, did Jesus say any of those things? No, he said, he said that I've come to serve you. If you want to be my follower, let me serve you. And serving is a, it comes from a heart of love. Serve, that's why you say, well, why do we serve so much in this church? Because we want to show others the love of Christ. We, one example of us exemplifying the love of Christ is by our service. So that's why we have all these serve days. We're just trying to love on our community. We want everyone to experience and encounter the love of God because nothing will transform you like the love of God. And when the love of God transforms you, it will cause you to live in a life of love. So it will cause you everything that you do, you look through the lens of love. No act of love is ever wasted. You know, sometimes they just don't deserve my love. If you knew how bad they hurt me or what they did, they, they don't deserve my love. Did Christ ever say that? Did he ever tell you, you don't deserve my love? No. He willingly lays down his life all the time for us, each and every day. When we sin, when we mess up, when we miss the mark, he's laying his life down again for us and say, come back to me. I forgive you. I love you. So we should model that and have grace for people and love for people where we say, you know what? I love you, and I'm going to serve you. No act of love is ever wasted. Question to ask yourself, am I loving people the way that God loves people? Or am I just using people as a means to an end? Don't just use people to get what you want. Truly have a genuine affection and love for people because that's what God did. Because when you do, you'll begin to look at them different and you'll look at the needs of others and not yourself. But when your focus is solely on yourself, and you're selfish, you'll never think about loving and meeting the needs of anyone else. Just like that rich man we talked about earlier. God's love is laying down his life for others. It's putting others before yourself. Operate out of love. Amen? That's the third thing. How do we build for eternity? It's obedience. We're obedient to the assignment. Second thing that we do to, uh, to build for eternity is faith. We got to have faith. Third thing is love. Fourth thing is this. It's worship. And this is a good one. Worship. We can't neglect to worship God 
Worship is our outward expression of our love to God. And the more you worship, the more your heart will grow in love for God and want more of God. There has to be a desire to worship God in your heart. Why? Because for all of eternity, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be worshiping for all of eternity. So we might as well start here on earth. <laughs> but when you constantly are living in an atmosphere, in a, in a heart of worship, what it does is it gives a gratitude and a thankfulness towards God and a love for God that you say, God, I need more of you. And when you stay in an atmosphere of worship towards God, you will always be red hot in love for him. Your relationship with God grows cold when there's no emphasis on worship. When there's no emphasis on worship, your, your relationship with God, you say, man, I, I used to be stronger in my relationship with God than, than I used to, but something seems like it's off, is there's no emphasis on worship. When there's no emphasis on worship, you can't get to God like you want to. God has called each and other. He's, he says it. There should be no other God before me. What does that mean? I'm the only one that I, I'm the only one that deserves worship from you. I need your worship. And when we worship God and we put an emphasis on that, it mends our hearts and says, it, and, it, and it softens and humbles our heart to bring us to our knees and say, God, I need you. In Matthew 26, there's a story of a woman that spent a full year's wage. So whatever it is that you make in a year, whatever that number is, just think that you save that amount. Whatever you make in a year, you save that amount for, amount for a bottle of perfume. And then in one moment, you decide, I'm just going to pour it over the head of Jesus. That's worship. Could you do it? Well, I don't know, Pastor. <laughs> that, that's a lot of money just to be wasting over a bottle of perfume. But let's read what Jesus said after she did this act. In Matthew 26, 13, I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. For all of eternity, forever and ever, this one act of worship by this lady will be remembered forever and ever. Whenever the gospel is preached, we always, we're still talking about this lady's act. Even if she didn't fully understand what she was doing, it was in a significant moment of worship. Even the disciples were upset with her when she did this, especially Judas, because he was just thinking about the money, because that's what he was selfish. He wanted the money. And they said, what? We could have gave the money to the poor. She's just wasting. But she says, no. She, what she was doing was she was preparing Jesus for his burial. She didn't even know it. She, she didn't know what she was doing. All she knew was that this man deserves my worship. He deserves my all. And all I have is this bottle of perfume. So guess what? I'm going to pour it and I'm going to lavish it over him. He's going to get my all. Everything that I have, I'm going to give it to him. And you know what? She has something that the disciples didn't even realize. And you know why she had it? Because she was at Jesus' feet. She found it at his feet. While she was worshiping him at his feet, they were complaining about what she was doing. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just stay at his feet. It's kind of hard to be worried about what other people are doing when I'm worshiping at Jesus' feet. So I don't have time to worry about what Susie and John is doing and the latest car they got or what's going on with the housewives of Atlanta. I ain't got time for all that when I'm worshiping at Jesus' feet. But we get so caught up in everything else that we forget to worship him. There's no emphasis on worship. We go about our daily lives and we, there's no moment where we take to sit at his feet. There's a, there's a quote that I want to read to you. 
Here, it, this is from Charles, Charles Spurgeon. He says, is anything wasted which is all for Jesus? It might rather seem as if all will be wasted which is not given to him. I'm going to read it one more time. Is anything wasted which is all for Jesus? It might rather seem as if all would be wasted which is not given to him. So what does that mean? Anything you don't give to God is wasted. Anything that any of your worship that you don't give to Jesus is wasted. But everything that you give to him is not wasted. So every sacrifice, every bit of worship, every bit of love, every bit of obedience, it's not wasted, y'all, because you've given it to the king. And when you give it to him, he makes it priceless. He makes it useful for his glory. When you give him every bit of your worship, it's not in vain. Amen. Worship rings for eternity. We, like I said, we will worship forever. No sacrifice is wasted. No amount that you ever give is wasted. No act of, wa- of, of worship is ever wasted. So the question for this is, am I a worshiper? Am I a worshiper? If you're not, guess what? The good news is you can change that in a moment. This is not a message to make you condemn. I'm just trying to prepare you for heaven. We're talking about how to build for eternity. We got to be worshipers, y'all. A good place to worship is on Wednesday nights. We come in here at 6.30 for one hour, and we love to worship. And we get in the presence of God, and we worship, y'all. And we worship and we prayer, because prayer and worship go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. When we begin to pray, you begin to worship. When you get to worship, you start praying. <laughs> they go hand in hand. But I am our worshiper. You want to build for eternity? Be a worshiper. Fifth and final thing, how to build for eternity. And this is the most important one. It's souls. It's souls. Souls last forever. There are 7.9 billion people on earth. 7.9 billion. But the sad reality is that for a large majority of those people, when they step into eternity and they see God for the first time, will be also the last time they see him. The first and last time they see God will be in a moment. Because they didn't bow their knee to him. Souls are the most important thing you can live your life on. How do you build for eternity? What's the most important? It's build for souls. Because what's the point of eternity if there's no souls there? The whole point of it is we're trying to get as many people as we can to join us in heaven, y'all. It's souls. Souls is the most important thing. We have the ability to rescue people now. Seeing souls to the added to the kingdom of God should be the center of everything that we do. What's our mission statement here is we're united by truth, developed in relationship to reach the world around us. What is it all centered around? Souls. Everything that we do at New Life Church, what is New Life Church about? Reaching the world around us because we care about souls. Every single person represents a soul, and that soul has an eternity. And we're trying to bring as many people into heaven as we can because while now, while there's time to work, we're going to be working and we're going to get busy, y'all. We're trying to go out and reach the world around us because we know we live in a hurting, depressed world, and they need a savior. They need a purpose. They need purpose. They need healing. They need all these things, and the only way that we could do that is if we go out and be a light unto the world. It's about souls. Everything that we do about souls. So everything you do is like, well, why do y'all do all the things y'all do? Because it's about souls. It's not about us. If it's about us, we could go to the beach and have fun. But we're thinking about souls. We want to see souls added to the kingdom of God. 
So do we really live our life in ur- with an urgency that eternity is coming? Because with each and every day we wake up, eternity is a little bit closer. And I have to ask myself, and I'm just being honest, is there enough urgency in my heart for souls? Is, is that at the forefront of my heart enough, thinking about souls? And it challenges me to say, God, give me a passion and a burden for souls. Because when my heart is fixed on souls, then it changes everything that I do. It begins to change my perspective. And, my, and it's like, no, I'm getting off focus. I'm thinking about things that have nothing to do with eternity. I got to get back on souls. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. Straight from the word. He who is wise wins souls. Another translation says a wise person wins friends. Souls, y'all. What matters to God is souls. Eternity could be summed up like this. Imagine a beautiful, a beautiful burning building, a building that's on fire. Now, there's two trains of thoughts. The first would be, oh, man, that is a beautiful building. I wonder how much money it's going to cost to repair this beautiful building. Man, I can imagine they're going to have to demolish all these things and then rebuild it. And we focused on the building. But another trend of thought is, what about the people that are inside of the building that are burning right now? How are we going to get them out? Forget about the building. What about the souls? But that's how we look at, that's how we look at life. We're thinking about everything else. Oh, I need more clothes. Oh, I need a bigger house. Oh, I need a better car. Oh, I need a bigger boat. Oh, I need more of this. And we're not even once thinking about the souls. What are we going to do to get the souls to heaven? There's an assignment for each and every one of us. But if we don't have a focus on souls, we'll never get there. We'll never think about them. It's souls. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever. A wise person wins souls. In your reward in heaven... When you win souls, I'm telling you what a joyous day that will be. When you see that line of people standing at attention, clapping for you, saying, thank you for sharing the good news of God with me. Thank you for thinking enough of me to share the gospel with me. I know I I use his name often, but he's just a hero of faith of mine, Rod Hunt Bunky. This man has literally saw millions upon millions of people in Africa saved. For the gospel. And I can only imagine the ovation he received when he walked into heaven a few years ago. The ovation he, I'm not talking about a few millions, y'all. Almost 50 million, more than 50 million souls this man has seen one to the Lord. Can you imagine his reward in heaven? You talk about a person that's built for eternity. He built his life for eternity. All these things that we talked about, these five things, he lived that to a T. And I can tell you, that's who we should model our life after. Build for eternity. Don't build for this life. Am I saying neglect your thing? No, I'm not saying not do what you have to do here on earth. But what I'm saying is don't put more emphasis on that than you do on eternity. Eternity should be our focus. And I'm going to close with this because this was in our daily readings. And I felt like the Lord spoke directly to me and said, this is new life. This this scripture is for new life. And 
I know you don't have this one, Dana. That's okay. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. The smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. What is my goal for new life? That we become a mighty nation. Not a mighty nation just to say that we're strong in number, but a mighty nation to say we're on a mission to see souls saved. That God is going to use this house to be a lighthouse. That God is going to be use this house to be a place where people can come and encounter God in a real way. They say, you know what? I've never experienced God. I've never heard God explain like that. I've never encountered God like that in a real way. That's what he's going to use new life to do. That's what God is building. And that's what I'm excited about the future of this church, because God is going to make us a mighty nation, not only in this city, not only for this state, not only for this region, but we're going to make a global impact because God is going to make us a mighty nation. Amen. Amen. That's how you build for eternity. We're obedient. We're faith. We stand in faith. God, stretch my faith. We walk in love. We worship and we keep our eyes fixed on souls. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to bow their heads and close their eyes. And that last one, souls, that's the most important one of them all. Because each soul is the one that's going to stand before God. All of us will. You watching online, you hearing this podcast. Each and every one of us will stand before an almighty God and give an account for the work that we've all done. We can't make any excuses. We can't talk our way out of it. Our work will speak for itself. So in this moment, I just want to make sure that you have an opportunity to come in right relationship with God because that's the most important decision that you will ever make. So if you're under the sound of my voice and you're not sure that, man, I don't know if I were to pass away and slip into eternity, I don't know if I would be in heaven or hell, but I want to make sure that I'm with Christ forever and I want to spend eternity with Christ. If that's you, you don't know where you would spend eternity, but you want to make sure today before you walk out of this building that I am spending eternity with heaven. With no one looking around, I just want to give you an invitation, an opportunity just to make it right with God, just so you'll know without any doubt or fear where you can lay down at night in peace knowing that if I slip into eternity, I know where I will be forever. If that's you, no one looking around, just slip up your hand. I want to be in right relationship with God. I want to be sure that I spend eternity with him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart. And I want everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sin. Thank you for making a way for me to be in relationship with you. And I thank you that my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life and for all of eternity I can spend my days with you. I can worship you. I can sing my praises and thankfulness for you. And I pray that I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap for those that made the decision to follow Christ.
And I just want to pray one more prayer. Let me just ask everyone just to bow their heads one more time. I just want to pray for anyone here that if any one of these five areas spoke to you and you say, Lord, I need to get right in this area. This is an area that I feel like I'm challenged. If it was any one of those areas, it could have been all five. It could have just been one. Whatever it is, if there was any area that you felt challenged in, I want you to lift your hands and I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for each and every person with their hands raised. I thank you, Lord God, that our focus today will be fixed on eternity. Lord, I thank you right now that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I pray that this was a word that's not trying to condemn, but this is a word to encourage that says that eternity is our home, that there is a place for us to live forever, and that we fix our eyes on the reality of heaven. And I thank you right now, Lord God, that in our obedience, that we will be obedient to the assignments that you've given each and every one of us. I thank you, Lord, that we're growing in our faith, that we're strengthening us, that you're maturing us in our faith. I thank you, Lord God, in our love, that we love like you love others, Lord God, that we willingly lay down our lives to serve others, Lord God. I thank you right now, Lord God, that our worship, that you have our worship, that you're making each and every one of us worshipers, Lord God, that every moment of the day, we won't go by without giving you and acknowledging who you are, that we would sit at your feet and spend time with you. And I thank you, Lord God, that souls is on our forefront of our mind, that everything that we do, that we're thinking about souls, because each soul represents an, a person and an eternity in heaven. And I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap one more time. Building for eternity. That's how you do it. We build for eternity. Amen. And before we close, this Wednesday, uh, 630 is our first Wednesday service. We love for you guys to be in the building with us here at 630. We have worship at six, uh, worship starts 630. Then the word will follow after that. Come join us here at 630. Also, you can give. If you're prepared to give online, you're watching or listening on the podcast, you can give on our app. You can download the app to give. You can go to our website which is newlifemobile.org. You can give on the website. There's a link there. Or you could go to a Facebook page or our uh, website, and there's an address where you can mail in a check as well. Well, we love you guys. Hope to see you this Wednesday for our first Wednesday service for the month of October. We love you. You guys have a great week. We'll see you this Wednesday. Amen. Hallelujah.